welcome, welcome, welcome to Tilt. Happy Friday, everybody. Or oh, let's call it Face the Facts Friday. It's new, it's fresh, it's 2024, and you're still rocking with the best. It's your boy OG, and if it's your first time joining us, Tilt stands for talking in lamest terms. Out with the old and with the new. People selling game, even if it ain't true. You know how I get down. No cut cards, no tricks. You have to be 100 to survive the blitz. Face the Facts Friday. We made you. We back. Let's go. All right. Everybody has been a little hiatus, but I'm back in the booth. And we're going to make it do what it do. Okay. There's a lot to cover today. I don't know if I'm going to get through it all, but we're going to try. First, we're going to start off with uh, college football. Michigan is your national champions. Uh, great game. I'm not going to lie. I was going for Washington because, you know, I stayed in uh, Washington for three years. I thought Penix Jr. got robbed. But we'll talk about it more later in the show. But Michigan wins the national championship despite all the adversity that uh Coach Harbaugh had congratulations to them. Next up, big news: Nick Saban retires at Alabama. Who would have ever thought? What well, I did, I knew it was coming. I didn't think it was going to come this soon. I also have the breakdown on Old Saint Nick later in the show. Moving on, after before. Nick even decided he wanted to step down. He had nine players hit the transfer portal. And then after he said he was retiring, he had another nine decommit. So it's going to be a whole lot of work to do in Alabama. Who's going to be the guy to get it done? More in college football. Brian Kelly fires four assistants, assistant coaches at LSU. Hmm. The seat getting a little hot down there uh, in LSU for Mr. Kelly. Maybe leaving Notre Dame was a mistake. We will find out. FSU, through all the turmoil they've gone through, not getting into the Final Four, now they get hit with penalties for uh, violations, NIL violations. Seminoles can't catch a break. And I just attribute it all to the Dion effect. You didn't hire Coach Prime. It's been nothing but trouble ever since. Moving on. Former Michigan State coach Mel Tucker Appeal was denied. I really don't know what went on with this case. A lot of stuff wasn't privy to uh, the public. I'm sure it's all going to come out in the watch because he's got a lawsuit. But his initial suit against the school, the appeal was denied. So he's still out of a job. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. declares for the draft. He should be a top five pick. Uh, no surprise there. Bama also had two DBs, McKinley and Arnold. They both Enter the NFL draft. And quarterback Moavi flips from USC. He flips back to USC after pledging to Georgia. Man, it's, this uh, recruiting business is a dirty business now. It's always been a dirty business, but it's super dirty now. And then we finally we have the NCAA adopts new rules on the NIL. You think it's out of control right now. Every, these players are going to the highest bidder. And NCAA has nobody to blame but themselves. If they had put something in place years ago to play these pairs of players a little bit, we wouldn't be going through the craziness that is uh, college sports right now. So, hey, it is what it is. The shoe drops where it drops, and we're going to try to figure it out. Moving on to the NFL. 
coach firings ran rapid. I was waiting for Black Monday, but they took their time and they just riddled them in uh, uh, along the week. But I'm, I'm going to get them in for you. Most recent, most recent and the biggest one was Bill Belichick. They said it was a mutual parting of ways, but come on. When they say that, he got fired. He got fired. I have a thing on Bill later in the show, but Bill was let go by the Pats. Arthur Smith let go by the Falcons hours after his last game. Mike Vrabel gone from the Titans. It was a shock, but there was rumblings. I didn't think it had happened, but it did. Pete Carroll of the Seahawks let go. Basically kicked upstairs. He won't be the coach anymore. And I want to call this the Russell effect. Did Russell wrong. Russell's a good guy. He had them believing that it was Russ' fault. No, Pete, it was you. Then we had Riverboat Ron in Washington. No surprise to anybody. The Panthers are looking for a head coach. They fired Frank Reich halfway through the season. Chargers got rid of Staley. Should have been gone. And we got Josh McDaniels fired by the Raiders. Everybody wants Antonio Pierce to get this job. For what? I like Antonio Pierce. To me, he comes off as a rah-rah guy. He get the job, they fire him in two years. What what's what's the use? This is the same guy who's a defensive coordinator for Herm Edwards at Arizona State, and they all got fired for lack of institutional control. So you think he's gonna control the Raiders? Nah. And like I said, Bill Bill was fired by the Patriots. So speaking of the Patriots, they hired Gerard Mayo this morning, who is they they call him little uh little Bill. My thing is, it's the same system. If you're going to start new, fresh, you're going to start new, why hire a guy that runs the same system? Same system. I mean, maybe they want a, wanted a younger, younger like Belichick, so that's probably why they did that, but I still don't see the relevance. If what he was doing wasn't working, you've got a guy that runs the same system. Like I say, all I can think of is that he might be a younger version of Bill Belichick. We'll see. More than uh, NFL, Dalvin Cook was signed last week. Like I said, I didn't do a show, so that was the hot topic last week. Dalvin Cook to the Ravens, like they needed some more help. Uh, the Bears fire the whole offensive staff. What does this mean? Basically, this means they're drafting a quarterback. Justin Fields is going to end up somewhere else. I mean, I got to run through the whole thing of why they shouldn't do it or why they should do it, but why? These coaches and GMs, like I said, they are strapped to the salary cap, and whatever the salary cap dictates is what they're going to do. It's not that they don't want to go out and get good players. They can't afford it, or they don't know how to manipulate the cap enough to get it done. That's all it is. And then the Giants, they fired uh, the, all the defensive coaches. Wink Martindale is out, and talk is Saquon Barkley also likely gone. And Dayball's offense, the running back, is really not a major concern. So I can see that happening. The Steelers, after losing uh, T.J. Watt for the upcoming playoff game, they get uh, Michael Fitzpatrick back. Uh, that should bolster them. I don't know how, how it's going to fare for them without T.J. Watt, but we'll see. And last in the NFL, uh, quick hits, Purdy, Brock Purdy, and Tua Tungvaloa get the nod as Pro Bowl starters. Moving on, the NBA. More sad news for the NBA. John Morant out for the season, torn labrum, more bad breaks for the Grizzlies. I mean, what was y'all doing those 25 games and come back and get hurt so quick? 
Then on top of that, Marcus Smart, the fire plug, out four to six weeks. I mean, Ja got him out of the basement, but it looks like they might be going back. Draymond Green back after 12-game suspension. More on Draymond later. I'll break down the whole thing for you. Uh, we've got, they said the end-season tourney, which the Lakers won, will be back next year, but with tweaks. Can't wait. Really. The NBA draft now will be a two-night event. Two nights. The NBA draft will be a two-night event. And the Raptors coach fined 25 k for the free throw rant against the Lakers. I mean, nothing he said was a lie, but they find him 25K anyway. Hey, you players, he was out there taking up for you. Pay your coaches fine. Then we got Ricky Rubio retires, cites mental health issues. I mean, Ricky Rubio was supposed to be the Spanish sensation when he came to the league. He had a decent career, but he never turned into what they thought he was going to be. They pro they thought he was going to be more like a Tony Parker. You know, he could dribble. But when he had to play the Olympic team at a young, such a young age, I think he got traumatized. And he never lived up to his potential. He, he made the league, and he was a steady point guard. He got traded a million times, but he never seemed to uh, reach his potential. Uh, congratulations. I hope everything works out for you, Ricky. LeBron, LeBron and Giannis are the top, top vote-getters vote for the All-Star game this year. No surprise. Kawhi Leonard signs a three-year extension, $152 million. Now, I'm just thinking the Clippers coach, Clippers owner is crazy. There's no way I'm signing Kawhi to a multiple deal anything. He would have got three one-year deals. Guy doesn't, I mean, nobody's doubting Kawhi's talent. He doesn't play 50. He hasn't played 50 games in almost three to five years. I'm not giving him that. But hey, if you give him all that money to play a handful of preseason, I mean, a handful of regular season games and a couple of playoff games, well, if you got it, it ain't tricking. Moving on. The Thunder beat the Portland Trail Blazers by 62 points last night. I'm going to say that again. The Thunder beat the Blazers by 62 points last night. Every game last night was a blowout. I mean, I, I get it. They don't really play defense anymore. But losing by 62, 62, somebody getting fired. Somebody getting fired. I'm getting a whole team of new players. So 62 points, man, in a pro game. That's ridiculous. It seems like everybody took the night off last night. The Celtics got blown out. The Lakers got blown out. I mean, what's going on? Moving on. Uh, WNBA News, longtime college coach Reagan Pibley was named the L.A. Sparks' new GM. Congratulations to her. Here we go NCAA men's basketball. Uh, USC super freshman Collier, he's out four to six, four to six weeks. He uh, bruised his hand. You got Marquette Jones, torn ACL out for the season. Major blow for that program. And Baylor, Baylor Bears, shout out to my daughter Trinity Plummer, Sikkim. Baylor opens up a $212 million basketball playpen, a la Jerry Jones. Wow. Congratulations to them. Uh, UConn Senior Griffin out for the season with a torn ACL. Uh 
First it was Fudd, and now a Griffin. Mm, now, uh, Gino can't catch a break. And then, finally, uh, that's all we have for uh, men's basketball. Uh, women's basketball, we have uh, Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark nets her second straight triple-double and her assault on the college scoring record. Moving on, Major League Baseball. The Yanks signed Juan Soto to a one-year, $31 million deal. As a Yankee fan, they're going to have to do something to keep Juan in pinstripes. I'd rather have Juan than Aaron Judge because Juan hits for average. Uh, he's the all-around player. Judge goes into these wild slumps for 10 to 12 games. I thought Soto was going to be great with the Padres. For, for some reason, that talented team didn't work out. But they, he signed in a one-year deal at $31 million, way under his value for what these guys are getting. And I want to know what's going on. Why can't we get Juan to sign a long, long-term deal in the pinstripes? Who wouldn't want to play for the Yankees? The Yanks also signed uh, pitcher Marcus Stroman to a two-year, $37 million deal. Congratulations to him. We're going to add him to that rotation. Moving on, golf. Tiger Woods parts ways with Nike in the swoosh after 27 years. What gives, Tiger? There's no way I'm thinking about you winning the tournament and playing the tournament without the swoosh. Well, I mean, what happened? I mean, he still has the Tiger Woods apparel, which is a subsidiary of Nike, which, you know, he probably just wear that. But no, no swoosh with Tiger? What's going on? What, I mean... What's Charlie going to wear? Inquiring minds want to know. Morning golf. Roy McElroy starts off the season with a 62 at the Dubai Open. Okay. Scotty Scheffler voted PGA player, PGA player of the Year over John Rahm with less wins. People think Rahm's move to LIV golf may have been a factor. You think? And Phil Mickelson. They're talking about who's going to be the Ryder Cup captain this year. They told Phil Mickelson that, it was too, that he was too divisive to be a Ryder Cup captain. Phil also made the move over to live golf. Could it be a factor? <laughs> you think? And finally, for the quick kids in tennis, uh, Djokovic and uh, the number one men in Switek on the women's side, top seeds going into the Australian Open. Okay, let's talk about, we back to college football. Let's talk about this national championship game. Uh, probably after the first quarter, you thought Michigan was going to blow them out of the water. Washington came back like they always do, but there was a lot going on. First of all, they let Michigan play. Michigan mugged the Washington wide receivers. Mugged them. I mean, I believe in letting them play. Number two, for the Michigan side, he should have been charged with assault for everything he did during that game. No excuses, just facts. The Washington O-line didn't look like the best in the country. They just didn't. Number And for the life of me, I'm watching the game. Number 23 for the Wolverines, I count at least five times that he walked up and got uh, untouched on en route to Penix Jr. I'm like, did you not see him? At least five times. It probably was more than that. And then you want to ask yourself, how hurt was Penix Jr.? I, like I said, I'm not looking for an excuse because he showed up and showed out every game uh, this year. And he was on the comeback, but the receivers didn't help him any by not catching the ball. It was late. He's not catching the ball. And then these untimely penalties by the line. 
specifically number 73 and number 77. Number 73 and number 77 for Washington. I mean, they, they shouldn't have let them on the plane after this was over. Too many whiffs. They were showing the, the, the plays, especially number 73. I don't know what he was on. He forgot where he was. He thought he was playing Pop Warner. He wasn't touching anybody. And then at the most crucial moments when they were trying to make the comeback, he made a penalty, the holding penalty to bring him back. So you might want to look into them for point shaving or something because they killed Washington down the stretch. Michigan, like I said, Michigan is deserving, but the deck was stacked against Cinderella. That's all I'm seeing. Okay, then, the big story in college football, Nick Saban retiring. Nick Saban retiring. I don't have anything bad to say about Nick. Nick built a brand. He won at LS. He won everywhere he went except the pros. So, you got to, I mean, he knew how things went. And I understand uh, why players gravitated to him because they were like, man, he's he going to get me to the pros or he's going to get me looked at enough that I might make it to the pros. But Nick, uh, man, he built his brand at Bama. Following Bear Bryant, I mean, but Bear Bryant, him and Bear Bryant are really kind of the same. It's that stoic, old school, you better do what I say type thing. Nick was a little different. I think behind closed doors, he, he was a little better than Bear Bryant. Bear Bryant was an asshole, and Nick was an asshole too. Nick was an asshole and a crybaby the whole time he was there. But, hey, he won his formula work. And I and I can't get do not do anything but give him credit for that. Uh, I can't take away any of his accolades. But this is what I want to say about him, and about every coach in the in the country. When Deion Sanders went out to Colorado, and this uh, this has always been said, but it never nobody ever thought it would come to fruition. When the playing field is level, he got gone. You could say it was the NIL deals. You were saying they have to recruit the same players every year. Yeah, it's all of that. It's all of that. And you, you couldn't deal with it. You couldn't. These guys were tired of you telling them. Everybody, every coach has their favorites, even if he's not the best guy. These guys, guys got tired of sitting behind guys that they thought they were better than. So they started getting out of town. And, and that happens everywhere. But like I said, it's so much parity in college football right now. The playing field got leveled. I'm going to say this again. The playing, when the playing field got leveled, St. Nick got gone. That's all I'm saying. And all the things that he complained about in his career were the things his program did. Same things his program did. He had his run, and like I said, he's one of the great coaches of our time, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. Nick without the control, it's a, just a normal coach. And like I said, Coach Prime going to show it how you're doing. When he said we was coming, he meant he was coming. And the playing field's level now. So, hey, we, we really going to see what happens. Now we're going to take it into the NFL. Let's talk about these playoff games that's happening this uh, weekend. First, we're going to start in the AFC. The Browns versus the Houston Texans. First, let's talk about the quarterbacks. You got old man Joe Flacco, who's got a Super Bowl ring, against the young gun, C.J. Stroud. I mean, if C.J. had all his weapons, I would give him a slight edge, but he doesn't. And old man Flacco, he, like I said, he's got a ring. Mari Cooper's playing out his, out his head. Joe Cuda tight end is 
finally reached that other level he's supposed to been at. And you know about Cleveland's defense. So, I mean, I think CJ will still have a good game, but it's not going to be enough to overtake the Browns. And like CJ said, they're not supposed to win, but nobody said they couldn't. Good coaching job by D'Amico Rhines. I didn't want him to come here, but I'm glad he did. But uh, Houston's inability to stop a run is going to be a problem with those two horses that the Browns have in the backfield. And think about it. Jonathan Taylor went for 188 on them last week. So think about Hunt, my man in the, in the backfield for the Browns. It's, I think they're just going to get up, get a lead and run it down their throats. But stranger things have happened. Moving on to Miami versus the Chiefs. Another good game. Talk, let's talk about the quarterbacks. You got Tua against Mahomes. It's Mahomes, baby. It's it's Mahomes. Patty is the best quarterback, but his guys are, are they're not the guys they're used to. And like I got heard people say, Kansas City has become too commercialized now. They're doing Campbell Soup. They're doing all-state commercials and all that stuff. And to me, that showed me they weren't that serious about it when New Hopkins, D-Hop, was on the market for next to nothing and they did not go and get him. They were standing on their laws and they thought, yeah, we could beat pretty much anybody. And the, the sad thing is, the best thing about Kansas City this year is not the offense, it's the defense for the first time in a long time. And it's crazy. It's going to be cold, but everybody's played in cold before. I don't want to hear just because they from Miami that they've never played in cold. Come on. Tyreek Hill wants to prove a point. The last two games, he, he needed to prove a point. He failed miserably. So he wants to go to Kansas City and take it to him. And it might sound crazy. This might sound crazy. If it gets into a shootout, I think Tua's got the advantage. If it gets into a shootout, I think Tua's got, you know Why? Because his receivers don't drop the ball. Moving on. We got Pittsburgh versus the Bills. You know, if you listen to me, you know I hate Josh Allen. But, hey, he's talented. Pittsburgh seems like they had the answer to all their problems on the bench all the whole time. And Mason Rudolph. So, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Mason Rudolph. The pressure's on Allen. Rudolph playing with house money. It doesn't really matter. But Josh Allen is playing out of his mind the last couple of games he's playing reserve they actually been running the ball like i said mason rudolph playing with house money he don't hit he don't care he's not gonna get the job so he gonna ball out no tj watt can the pit defense make allen give it up and he wants to give it up the the, the, the question is can they make him he wants to give it up he's like sam donald he's gonna throw it to the other team you just gotta give him time and if he runs lay his ass out i want to see some old school football i'm not saying trying to hurt him but in my day if quarterback started running i'm asking which hospital he wants to go to that's all i'm saying and can the steelers offense capitalize can they score i mean that's going to be the big thing or they're going to just get blown out by all accounts the bills should roll the steelers i think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think that's all i'm saying too close to pick it's either going to be a blowout or it's going to be a nail-biter. There you have it. Then we're going to slide on over to the NFC. First game, my Cowboys. Green Bay versus the Cowboys. Let's talk quarterbacks. Mr. Love 
against Mr. Prescott. Love came into his own late the last couple of games, but Dak is on the MVP level. That still doesn't mean that they're just going to walk in there and win because facts is Green Bay does three things that we hate to defend. They throw screen passes out to Yin Yang. They run slants. And if they get the run game going, they're going to play action us to death. That's what we hate to defend. If the Cowboys can't get the love, it's going to be a long day. Because this kid is ready. He's tired of hearing Aaron Rodgers' uh, comparisons and all that. Dak just need, needs to be Dak. They need to jump out, match the gas, and choke them out. Like Nike said, just do it. Just do it. Moving on. We got the Rams versus the Lions. Let's talk about those quarterbacks again. Got the two guys that were traded for each other. Jared Goff, number one pick coming out of Cal. You got Matt Stafford, number one pick coming out of Georgia. Two number one picks facing off for the first time in a long time. And like I said, I've been telling everybody who wants to listen. Matt Stafford owns Detroit. He was there for like 12 years. That's his city. He never won a playoff game there. He is going to light the Detroit Lions up. Now, whether they win or not, it's another story. But I'm thinking they're going to roll. He's going to kill that Detroit defense. And if golf can't match him, well, it's going to be a blowout. If golf can't match him. They've had a great season. They've done a lot of good things. But like I said, you got two quarterbacks that were traded for each other. I mean, I mean, golf probably has a bigger chip on his shoulder because Stafford actually won a Super Bowl with his team. So, so you have that. But, you know, like I said, old man Stafford, I think he's going to – I think Detroit's going to show him the love, and I think he's going to reciprocate by getting a win. That's just me. Lastly – NFL, we got Philly versus Tampa. Once again, going to talk about the quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield. Hurts been the better quarterback since he's been in the league. But Baker is a gamer. Baker's a gamer. Philly, Philly's D is bad. Bad, bad. Tampa's not too much far behind it. But it's, it's going to come down to who makes the least mistakes. No interceptions. The Phillies got to get over the bickering and blaming everybody. Whoever makes the least mistakes is going to win this game. I'm, I'm not even going to get into uh, Baker's moxie, Jalen's running, or any of that. Whoever makes the least mistakes is going to come out the winner in this game. And for Nick Sirianni, he better hope it's Philly because they're already trying to get somebody else your job. So you better get them together. Get everybody on the same page. A.J. Brown, stop crying. Because I don't remember you crying like this when you were with the Titans. Devontae Smith on the other side is also a number one. Anybody worried about you? But the defense, all the draft picks they got, I mean, I don't know how many guys are hurt over there, but they are supposed to be way better than they are. Bradbury and Slay, get it together. Let's see what happens. Finally, we're going to come back to my man, Bill Pelichek. I mean, I have respect for Belichick because he's old school. He's always been old school when he was with Parcell. Parcells, I mean, Belichick's superpower is that he is about playing football. Smart football. Smart football. Uh, 
if you turned out to be great, <clears throat> I mean, that's a plus. It's, it, that, that was a plus. But he got football players. His only superpowers, like I said, he made players play football. You have to play football if you play for him. It doesn't matter what position you played or whatever position he needs you to play, you had to be able. He liked drafting versatile players. He didn't say who he drafted. He said, I draft football players. Football players. And that's what he did. And like I said, he a maverick. People don't give him uh, for being a maverick. He was Bill Parcells' defensive coordinator for a long time, for two Super Bowls. Went to four. But listen, Parcells tried to give him the Jets job. No. He bolted. He wanted to make his own legs. He, he went back to the Patriots, even though Parcells coached with the Patriots. And everybody keeps talking about, you know, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Tom Brady wasn't a better quarterback than Drew Bledsoe. But Drew Bledsoe was Bill Parcells' quarterback. Tom Brady is Bill Belichick's quarterback. So he's like, why did he make the switch after Bledsoe got hurt? Why, why he didn't switch Bledsoe back? He did switch Bledsoe back because Bledsoe wasn't his quarterback. The stuff that Brady tolerated, an established quarterback of Drew Bledsoe's ilk, was not going to take that. So he needed the young gun so he could mold him. And that's what happened. Brady is his quarterback. That's why Drew Bledsoe never got another shot. You know what I'm saying? He, he won two, six rings as a head coach, two as an assistant at the highest level. And people, I hear people talking about, yeah, Nick Saban is a better coach. How can Nick Saban be a better coach? And, and he did it on the highest level. Nick sucked as a pro coach. It's, it's record to tell you, even as an assistant. But like I said, I like Parcells. I really didn't like some of his antics. But then again, I can't blame him because Bill's from the old school. The media doesn't bother him. Because they don't never they never write the narrative for Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick writes his own narrative. So he was curt at the mic short and everything because he didn't care what you thought because he forgot more fo football getting up in the morning than you known your whole life. And I did like that about him. Sometimes he was a little too rude, but when you really sat down and talked to him, he was a genuine human being and a real football coach. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go next. But it's going to be crazy to see. Bill's one of those guys. He's 72 years old. And you ask why wouldn't he ride off into the sunset? Because guys like that, when they stop doing what they're doing and what they love, they die. So hopefully we'll see Bill somewhere on the sidelines next year. So that is what it is. And that's all I have to say about my man, Bill Belichick. Moving on to the NBA. Wild things happening in the NBA, but first, we're going to address the elephant in the room. Mr. Draymond Green suspended, uh, suspended and the end of a dynasty. End of a dynasty. He said, Adam Silver talked him out of retiring. What? Yeah, I think the money has something to do with that. And the problem with Draymond is what he does now is played out. And so is he. And like I said, he has a coach that has no idea how to fix what he had. He's cost the Dubs at least two rings. With the KD and the LeBron incidents. I mean, Draymond's important, but when he oversteps his role, there's no one to put him back in it. 
And there lies the problem. When he oversteps, there's nobody to put it. Steph's not going to do it. Kerr's not going to do it. Uh, the GM, he left. He's not going to do it. The owner's not going to do it. KD was the first person that let him know we are not the same. And that's what Draymond couldn't handle. Yeah, he was in the parking lot crying. Kevin Durant, you need to come to the Golden State Warriors. But he thought KD being as mild-mannered as he was, that he was going to take the credit. Draymond, that's Kevin Durant, dog. KD, Slim Reaper, Easy Money Sniper, Durantula. Come on, guy. He was part of the group that, lay, that labeled KD an outsider after he helped them win two rings. The rub is, Steph wasn't the focal point, and Draymond didn't like that. Truth is, if Kyrie and Kevin Love were healthy, that first championship they won, they would have lost. They wouldn't have won that ring. If Kevin Love and Kyrie hadn't got hurt in the finals, LeBron, they would have kicked Golden State's ass. They were not winning back-to-back -back without KD. I don't even think they would have got to the finals without KD. The last ring they won is the only one they should have. It's the only one they should have. That's just the gist of it. Dre Long in the tooth. They overpaid him. And he doesn't want to play anymore. Because it's over. I got three words for you, Draymond. Suck it up. Now, let's talk about these divisions. Enough about Mr. Mr. Green. Enough about him. Let's talk about him. In Atlantic, Boston got the top spot at 18 and 0 at home. Missoula is gonna mess this up. I don't know what to say, but I just think he's gonna mess it up. 76ers behind him. Nick Nurse has to figure out how to close with MB. If he closes with MB correctly, they will be there at the end. The the Knicks are in the third spot. The trade for Anobi has made them better, but not good enough. Brunson still not a number one. I mean, he can score all the points he wants. He's not a number one, and he's not taking. He's not getting them over the hump. Fourth, the Nets. Until they get a star, they need a star. They have the perfect uh, surrounding cast, but they need a star. Until they get a star with this cast, they're irrelevant. The Raptors, sending R.J. Barrett home was a good idea, but can they capitalize? We'll see. Moving on to the Central, the Bucks. Bucks have been up and down all season. Chemistry basically depends on if Dame healthy or not. Because when he's healthy, even with the shortened bench, even with guys hurt, they do their thing. When he's out, it's like they're one-dimensional. And if Giannis is off by a little bit, they're getting their ass kicked. That's just the facts. The Pacers are behind them. The Pacers are definitely a problem. Not so much without Halliburton. Because uh, he knows how to get the ball to everybody. And with him not in there... They're a liability. But with him, they're a problem. The Cavaliers, they're still waiting on Mobley to take the next step. I don't think if he doesn't take it this year, I think he's getting traded. The Bulls, no uh, no Lonzo Ball, no Zach Levine. Blow this thing up now. Just blow it up. Start over. And holding up uh, the fifth spot, this is Pistons. It's going to be a long year. That's all I can say. They got three wins. They Went on a 28-game losing streak. They want to buy in, but they don't want to buy in. Their pride is at stake for the rest of the season. It's going to be a long year. Moving on to the south, southeast, you got Miami. 
at number one, <clears throat> excuse me, still walking, wounded, Jimmy Long in the tooth. Tyler Hero has to get them to the playoffs. Once they get in the playoffs, they're another team, and they turn it on. So Tyler Hero has got to hold it down in the regular season. Orlando, not a secret anymore. Can they maintain? Banchero's playing out of his mind. Mo Wagner, they're not a secret anymore. The NBA knows they're here. The Hawks, in third spot. Hawks haven't bought into Snyder's system. They're like ho-humming it. People don't really want to come there and play with him. They just remember him from Utah. So it's really not working right now. I'm surprised they're in the third slot in the Southeast, but they are. Number four, the Hornets. No LaMelo Ball, no chance. He's still out. The Wizards really blow this thing up again. You already blew it up once. Blow it up again. I'm not going to get into where you went wrong with the franchise, but we all know when you traded John Wall... Instead of Bradley Beal. That's all I'm going to say. And we're going into the Western Conference. Northwest, you got the Timberwolves shocking everybody, playing elite basketball, uh, holding it down at the top spot. I don't know what to say. Uh, is it real? Is it a fluke? We're going to find out after the All-Star game. OKC in the number two spot. Scariest team in, in NBA Ready to win right now. Sam Presti's the best GM in basketball. Lakers, you might want to holler at him if you ever want to come back to prominence. Uh, three, the Nuggets. The Nuggets are on the third spot. I mean, they've bounced back playing better uh, since early in the year. Still not in championship form. Uh, number four, you got the Jazz. Picks and prospects. Not many wins. Uh, trying to see if Danny Ainge or the Wade Wade can get it turned around out there. N definitely not this year. And in the fifth spot, the Blazers. Somebody tell Chauncey this is not 2004. They're not the Pistons. They don't have a Ben or a Rasheed or a Rip. He need to get off it. Let uh, Scoot Henderson do his thing. He's going to have to adapt to the way they play basketball right now. Because trying to slow it down and play half court does not fit the, fit the personnel that you have. And it's going to take some time. So I hope uh, they got him locked in for three to four years because uh, – I think if he get beat by 62 points again, Chauncey's going to be looking for a new job. Moving on to the Pacific, you got the Clippers. The Clippers are right at the ship. They've been playing great basketball, even with the health worries. But the question is, can you really trust James Harden in a contract year? I'm just saying. Moving on. The Kings holding up the second spot. Probably need to make some trades. Not as good as last year. That's that's tough to say because they were very good last year. But they probably need to make some, make a couple of moves. Harrison Barnes, it's time for him to go. They need to get a herder out of there also. And they need to get a viable backup for Sabonis when he doesn't show up. That's all I'm saying. The Suns, finally Bill is back. But, but you have to ask yourself, for how long? Book forces the action way too much. And at times, they forget they got a guy on their team named Kevin Durant, who's basically been carrying them all year, averaging 30. Vogel has to go. These guys are built to run, and he wants to run half-court sets. That's all I'm saying. Lakers in fourth spot. Giving LeBron whatever he wants at this stage in his career is why nothing is going to work. Either trade LeBron Get them off the ball. It doesn't matter who you get in there. Nothing's going to change. 
You could blame Darvin Ham because his rotations are horrible. People have figured out how to play them. All you do is, is get Re get Reeves out of his comfort zone. That's their third score. If he's not doing anything, you can pretty much blow him out like it happened last night when they played the Suns. That's all I'm saying. And the fifth spot in the Pacific is the Golden State Warriors. Too much turmoil. Kerr has no idea how to fix it. He does not. That he runs the system and he keeps getting players that don't fit the system. That blows my mind. He doesn't know how to fix it. He didn't build it, so he has no clue how to fix it. He's got talented players, but they're not built. He's trying to make Kamanga into a, a, a Draymond Green. Kamanga is a 20 point scorer in this league. He's a 20 and 10 guy, easy on a regular team. But they run everything for Steph and Clay pretty much, so. They they don't care about you getting your shot, but he's a young he's a young one and he knows he's talented. So, but the thing is, in that system, when you drop in twenty ten and you're not Steph or Clay, you're losing by thirty. Somebody make it make sense. That's all I'm saying. Then we're gonna go to the Southwest. We got the Pelicans at the number one spot. Dangerous Pelicans, dangerous if they could get out of their own way. Zion, stay out the McDonald's drive-through. Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram, not smoked out before every game. And CJ, stop playing like you have no help. But they're holding it down to the top spot. If they get it together, they can make a run. Two spot, you got Dallas. Luka averaging like forty, just means the first round exit. Watch Jason Kidd show him how to do it. Jason Kidd, when when this thing. I'm pretty sure they're going to make the playoffs. And when they do, Luka's not going to be the focal point. He's going to turn the team over to one Kyrie Irving, a.k.a. Loki. Watch. We got three spot. We got the Rockets. I mean, they hit a rough patch right now on a little losing streak. But they still way better than we thought they'd be. Number four, the Grizzlies. Just out the basement. Ja got hurt. It's going to be a long season. Sooner or later, they might be back in the basement, but I don't think they're that bad. And last but not least, we have the Spurs. Wimbe has uh, better numbers. He has more confidence, but still no wins. Like I said, I'm not going to pile on the young man, but they got a long, long, long way to go. All right, we're going to jump into men's college basketball. And like I said, the parody in men's college basketball with everybody jumping around. I always like to call the upsets out. And here they go on the men's side. We had a lot of upsets. Uh, starting back to last week, we had number 16, Clemson. It fell to unranked Miami, 95-82. Then we had number 7, Marquette, falls to unranked Seton Hall, 78-75. BYU falls to unranked Cincinnati, 71-60. Color, number 13, Colorado State falls to Utah State, 77-72. See what I mean? Then you had number 17, Florida Atlantic. They falls to unranked Charlotte, 70-68. They're getting beat by teams that are not powers. Then you have number 19, James Madison. They fall to unranked Southern Miss, 81-71. Starting to get the theme, number 20, Texas. Falls to unranked Texas Tech, 78-67. Rodney, you're not going to be there for long. Keep losing like this. Then you had just this weekend. You had the number one, number two, and the number three. three. Number one, number two, and number three teams lose. Purdue, number one. 
falls to unranked Nebraska, 88-72. Number two, Houston, falls to unranked Iowa State, 57-53. Kevin Sampson, I keep telling you, with all the scoring guards in Houston, you need to get you a couple. Uh, then we had number three, Kansas. It falls to unranked, unranked UCF, 65-60. Number five, Tennessee, falls to unranked Mississippi State, 77-72. Number nine, Oklahoma, falls to unranked TCU, 80-71. Number 21, Clemson, falls to unranked Vartek, 81-72. And finally, number 23, Gonzaga, falls to unranked Santa Clara, 77-76. Wow. Like I said, it, it's hard to, outside of the top 10, it's hard to watch college basketball because it's so, so diluted right now. Like I said, the best players don't go to college. So we have what we have. Endless threes running up down the floor and turning the ball over. A couple of things I want to address about college basketball. First of all, the Bronny James effect. Okay, Bronny is a good kid. Being a good kid and all that means nothing. He's LeBron James' son, so he's supposed to be great. He can't be great coming off the bench scoring 5.9 points, two rebounds, and 1.5 assists. That's not great. That's average. That's role player. So can we get off showing every dunk he had like he had 15 to 20 points when he only had seven? Can we stop that? This kid's going to have it hard enough. But pumping him up like he's the, the next thing and then he's on primetime TV and he's averaging five points, stop it. And like I just said, college basketball men's is hard to watch outside the top 10. Now, the rankings are going to be changed because so many people lost, but they stand as is. Purdue, number one. Houston, number two. Kansas, three. UConn, four. Tennessee, five. Uh, Kentucky, six. UNC, seven. Arizona, eight. Oklahoma, nine. And Illinois, ten. Now we're going to go to the women's side. The upsets. Once again, not as bad as the men, but kind of close. But the women play real basketball, so I'm not mad. Number 19, Marquette, falls to unranked St. John's, 57-56. Then you had number 25, Syracuse, falls to unranked UNC, 75-51. Shout out Carol Lawson. I mean, excuse me, wrong coach. Uh, but Tar Heels anyway. Uh yeah, number 23, two, TCU falls to unranked Oklahoma State, 67-59. We had number three, NC State. The boogie women of college women's college basketball, they fell to number 13, Vitek, 63-62. I watched that game. It was great. We had number 15, Utah falls to unranked Arizona, 71-70. Overtime, you notice the difference? The women's games are closer, and it was by ranked teams. You had number 16, Notre Dame, falls to unranked UNC, 61-5-7. UNC is just taking them down. Uh, then you had number four, Baylor. They fall to unranked Kansas, 87-66. And number 24, West Virginia. They fell to unranked Iowa State, 74-64. Like I said, the rankings, because of all the, the shifts, not so much in the top ten for the women, but uh, uh, the rankings are as is right now. Uh Number one, South Carolina. Two, UCLA. Three, Iowa. Four, Baylor. Five, Colorado. Six, NC State. Seven, LSU. Eight, Stanford. Nine, USC. And ten, Texas. The burning question I have about women's 
college basketball. Why is LSU stuck at number seven? Teams that are behind that were behind them have leapfrogged them. They've been at number seven since they lost that one game. Why are they stuck at number seven? Somebody explain that to me. Is a glitch in the matrix? Uh, the, the works that they forgot, they're the defending national champions. They should be higher than number seven after only losing one game. A couple of teams, NC State's jumped them. Baylor's jumped them. Come on, what, what Colorado's jumped them. I mean, wow. What, what's really going on? Is the hate for Kim Mulkey uh, that real? Okay, we're going to finish it off with boxing. Tomorrow, you got heavyweights, uh, Better Beef versus Callum Smith uh, for Better Beefs, WBCs, WBO, and IBF. Uh, I've never seen either one box, but uh, that's what's going to be on tomorrow for heavyweights. Then you got February 13th, you got Teofimo uh, versus uh, Ortiz. The question is why? The question is why? Why is Teo fighting this guy? Like, talking about the bag and getting the money. Fight one of the known guys, get the money. But Tio, to me, Tio doesn't trust his skill set. He's not disciplined. He's sloppy. Like I said, when you go to a Tio fight, you got to figure out which guy's going to show up. If the guy with his back against the wall, that guy's going to give you a good fight. This is a guy that's had the belt and been messing around. You're going to be disappointed. Then we had Ryan Garcia pulls out of the fight with Devin Haney to fight Roley Romero instead of Haney. Again, my question is, why? Why? Everybody wants to be the A side before the fight before they fight Devin Haney. And I'm like, why is that? Because if regardless, if you get a belt or not, you don't have his resume. He was undisputed. You don't have his resume. And then you want to fight Roley because you thinking it's gonna be a cheap win. It should be. But just think if you lose to Roley. Yeah, Roley's a fraud. He can't box or whatever. But what if you he like it, all it takes is one punch and Roley can punch. What if he if you lose to Roley, your career is over. Your career is over. I don't like Roley, but I hope he wins. Be careful what you ask for and stop ducking. Then we have uh Nawagwi and uh Joshua ready to set the deal for them to fight in Dubai. Everybody still wants to see the Joshua Wilder fight, but it may never happen. If uh, Wilder don't get back to being an animal, it, they shouldn't even fight. He's too nice right now. He's been wanting to knock Joshua out for a long time, but after what I saw the last fight, uh, I think even Joshua might be able to beat him. But, you know, we'll see. We got Lomachenko to fight Cambosis again. Why? Nobody's buying this. Nobody's buying this. It's for the IBF belt. Nobody cares. I thought Loma wanted to be undisputed. Why are you fighting Cambosis? And Errol Spence, once again injured in training. Uh, okay, bud. If you and Errol not getting it on, get Boots in as his shot. Stop all this posturing like you've had big, big fights and all of that. Yeah, you the top dog. To me, bud's the best in the game right now. No question. But stop high-siding everybody, man. Give Boots his shot. He deserves his shot. If you're that good and you ain't got too many years left on the tree, show everybody you're that good. Boots is that. Boots is the guy that'll bring it out of you. I think it'll be a great fight. It ain't going to be as one-sided as people think because Boots can box and Boots got power. If you've watched him, I think 
he's undefeated, but I think he's only had maybe two bad fights. He ended up knocking both of those guys out. So, come on, uh, bud. Do the right thing. Then we're going to go to Canelo, who is actually the face of boxing. Uh, Canelo is not fighting Benavidez or Bivol. So, come on, Charlo, number two, so he can knock you out and ride off into the sunset. He's not fighting those other two guys. I don't even know why they keep bringing it up. Unless they make him fight. If they try to make him fight, he's going to retire. Watch. Then we got Tank Davis, a.k.a. Waheed. He changed his name, but you're still Tank the Ducker. I just want to tell you this one thing, Tank. The longer you duck Devin Haney and Shakur, the more seasoned they're going to become. And the worse they're going to kick your ass. And you running around following Floyd's advice and trying to do things like he did it. But that's only one problem with your strategy. You're not Floyd. Put that in your peace pipe and smoke it. All right, people. Sadly, we've come to the end. Uh, hope I got everything in you wanted to hear. But like I said, uh, New Year for Tilt. I'm about to go mainstream. Uh, this time next week, I'm probably going to be up on Instagram, Twitter, or X, and YouTube will probably come like next Saturday. Uh, I want to send uh, congratulations, a uh, shout out, congratulations to my brother from uh, another mother, Stalin Lawson. He's tying a knot in Vegas sometime in April. Shout out to my little cousin, Harmony Jones. Keep killing him on the basketball court, James Monroe, James Monroe Yellow Jackets. I want to give a shout out to my Dallas Cowboys because we're going to do it big this weekend. And anybody who wants to hate instead of congratulate, keep doing what you do. It's your boy OG. And as always, I'm O-U-T.